Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul on Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paulton. and today I've got Freescale's Sujata Neidig, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, wearable technology, and especially uh, driving it and making sure that it runs, uh, you know, power efficiency, uh, power management. Actually, there's a whole lot involved in that, isn't there, Sujata? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure is ours. I mean, it is a huge space. I mean, when you talk about wearables, you could arguably go from data wristwatches all the way up to implantable defibrillators. Yes, you're, you're very right. I mean, wearables is a pretty broad terminology, and there's all kinds of different applications and products that people are using. Um, and basically, really, the, a wearable just defines anything that someone can wear on their body to collect anything around their environment and then use that information to help improve their lifestyle or um, just what they're doing with their daily, daily activities. Mm-hmm. Well, and, 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 and also touching on exactly the thing you're mentioning, it's also dual-purpose tech because that same heart rate monitor that the athlete who's jogging can use can also help the geriatric monitor their health. Yes, that's very true, yeah. It ranges from, you know, fitness, wellness, people just trying to be lead healthier lives. It could be um, people who have some sort of chronic condition that they need help monitoring and being able to do that in the comfort of their own home and in their own environment. Or it could even be entertainment, you know, just helping you understand what's your calendar look like or who's calling you and do you really want to, you know, pull out your phone and answer it. Mm-hmm. Or something like Google Glass where you've got, you know, camera, phone, display all headed in your head. That's correct. It could even be things embedded into your clothing. Exactly. A lot of things going on right now in the flexible electronic space. But now, let's take it a little bit of a step back then, Sujata, is what are the commonalities? Because obviously this is an incredibly wide space, but there, I mean, I can think of some very big ones right off the top of my head is uh, energy storage. RF management. You know, there are some big things that go across all of the application spaces, I believe. Yeah, I I totally agree. So one thing I like to say that I think drives whether something in the wearable, a wearable device is successful or not is how sticky is it? So, you know, as consumers, we buy gadgets all the time and we use them. So what is it that compels us to keep using them? You know, there's always that new nest to a, a something you purchase that you'll use for a few months and then it gets left in your drawer and you forget about it. But what will enable you to use that device consistently, um, even to the point those of us with cell, that are attached to our cell phones, if we leave the house and we forget our cell phone, we're going to turn around and go back. Where, with your wearable device, what does it need to be doing for you for you to turn around and go back and get it and to really have um, – the usage out of it, and I really think that to drive that is engagement over the a period of time and having it impact your behavior. Mm. So companies that are developing these devices, they really have to think of it from the perspective of the end user, and power consumption is a huge piece of that because we do not want to be changing our batteries or charging a wearable device throughout the day, right? I mean, we'll, uh, we'll And that's the trouble already. Yeah, we'll charge our phones. I'm used to plugging mine in in the car and at work because the battery goes down quickly. But if I'm going to have something on my body that I'm wearing, it's got to be easy to use and intuitive where I don't have to think about constantly charging it. And so that's one of 
one of the biggest challenges for companies that are developing um, wearable products is they really need to figure out and you know innovate around battery life and charging mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Well, then that also brings in the, uh, one could almost say specter of harvested energy because for some applications like uh, distributed sensor networks or something, it it would work out well. But um, a lot of people are skeptical about whether or not you could get people to either A, strap devices on their bodies tightly enough or B, carry eccentric weights around or some other method of recovering energy from people to drive harvested energy to the uh, products that they're wearing. So you're right. I mean, it's, it's going to be a complex issue, whether the energy is beamed to them from within the house, which you probably get some health people worried about that, although it wouldn't be that big of an issue. But, I mean, there are a lot of ways to provide energy, a lot of ways to store the energy, but it all comes down to managing the energy, and that's where the little chips come in place, don't they? That's correct. So there's, you know, it's what size, there's so many options on the types of batteries, the sizes of batteries, how you charge these batteries. Are they, you know, do you plug in through USB and charge your battery? Um, There's a lot of new developments in wireless charging also. So being able to just place your device on a mat and have it charge. So there's different options, but there's trade-offs with everything. And Mm -hmm. besides power consumption, another really critical a factor for a wearable device is the size. I like to use the word miniaturization, that you know, the cell phone or smartphone market is actually going in the opposite trend where the displays are getting larger and the phone's getting bigger. Um, but for a wearable device, fashion and the way it looks is very much a representative of a person's uh, personality. So they're going to want to wear devices that fit their framework their body and not have large screens or large batteries hanging off of it. So as a, manu- a developer, you have to design a product that looks good, does you know something interesting that helps you with your lifestyle, all while taking into consideration the power consumption and the size. Exactly. Now, how has some of uh, that philosophy manifested in what Freescale is doing today for its clients? So it, within the wearable space, you see all types of applications. And from a technology, you know, what are the brains behind those applications? We have many different offerings at Freescale, ranging from very low-end, low-power, small form factor microcontrollers up to um, high-performance um, integration of multimedia processors. So there's different aspects or different types of devices that can be used to be the brains. And what we are doing from a technology perspective is, first of all, designing and architecting all of our devices from the MCU level up to the processor to take low power into consideration and using design techniques, you know, different low power modes, different power management capabilities, different peripherals that can be operated in low power modes. So basically just trying to provide the tools for developers to leverage the power management of the entire system to the best um, possible. possible. Got it, got it. Yeah, you do see kind of this mix between some companies developing wearables based on a microcontroller because that's the lowest power um, solution, but then there's a trade-off there on usability. Um, so when you get to some of the higher-end 
processors and using those to drive a wearable, you get more functionality. So you can drive a richer user interface by having uh, better graphics capabilities on the display. You can also have a better user experience through running an operating system like Android. And you can provide more connectivity options. You mentioned RF a little while ago. So there's, you know, is it Bluetooth, BLE? Do you want Wi-Fi directly? Um, what type of connectivity do you want to implement? And moving to a processor allows you to make those types of choices um, to provide more capabilities. Got it. Now, um, are there any products that you'd like to mention? I'll even give you a chance to talk up some of uh, Freescale devices that address some of these issues. Sure. Thank you. Um, so we have our Kinetis microcontroller portfolio that's based on the Cortex-M-Class cores. So these are M0 mm -hmm. Plus and M4 based microcontrollers focused on you know, low power, small form factor. And then I'd also mention we have our i.MX portfolio, especially the i.MX 6 series, which is based on the Cortex-A9. And we have a low-end device in there called the i.MX 6 Solo Lite that's really designed for lowest power possible and a small form factor. And what we've done is worked with our ecosystem to pull together a reference platform targeted specifically towards wearables. So this is not a development platform um, just to show off the capabilities of, the, of our product. It's really a platform targeted to enabling companies to take this platform and get to an end wearable product design in, in a quick manner. And what we've done is a little bit unique because what we've done is implemented an architecture that leverages both a processor and an MCU. So when you think about it, a wearable device, the display and the connectivity is not always on. So you need your wearable. It's collecting data from different sensors, but a lot of the power consumption really comes from driving a display or driving the radio. And so right. this wearable reference platform that we call Warp takes that into consideration and uses a really low-end Kinetis L microcontroller to do all the monitoring of the sensors and then wakes up the uh, iDotMX 6 Sololite apps processor only when something needs to be updated to the screen or sent over um, Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Well, RF, RF management is going to be one of the core power management skills in the entire, well, forget about just wearables, the entire Internet of Things. And so obviously having uh, microcontrollers that have integrated RF or have RF, advanced RF management are going to be advantages. Now, talking about development, though, what, what other design support, design services do you offer? Because as you're pointing out, it's a very complicated thing here. And uh, yes, you, you know, these devices can be used out of the box in a, you know, in a way, but to get that last bit of dial in, it always helps to have somebody who knows the system. What kind of hand-holding are you going to give me uh, to help me get your solution into mine? Yes. So the reference platform that um, we've collaborated with partners on is called Warp, and we've collaborated with our partners because we're not the experts on wearables necessarily. We're a technology company. So we've been working with these partners to come up with a design that really takes into 
consideration what wearable device needs to um, with the space and power. So what the tool that we're providing to our customers is that we've done all the work with these partners to develop a main platform that um, gives the most performance capabilities at the lowest power in a very small form factor. So this is, we're talking about designing a 10-layer PCB board and even on top of that, sourcing, selecting and sourcing the components that go onto that board um, in itself is a challenge because a lot of the technology in the market today is repurposed from the mobile market and don't really fit into the wearable space. So we've done a lot of the work with these with our ecosystem to go identify what are the right components. And then we provide all the, the software. So, for example, on this Warp platform, we have an Android um, software implementation that runs on top of it so our customers can really focus on developing their application instead of investing their resources in, in doing the foundation. Got it. Now, uh, is there a deep dive web page for um, wearables on the Freescale site, or they just go to the Freescale page? Uh, what, yep. Where can people go to get started? So you can go to freescale.com slash wearables or freescale.com, look under the applications, um, and there's a category for wearables. Excellent. And we highlight a lot of the solutions that we have available as well as, you know, the the reference platforms, white papers, training material, demos, videos of demos, those are the types of tools that we provide to give customers an idea of what they can do with the technology we have and how it can enable their innovation. Nice. Well, as my audience knows, I'm always big on trying to find as many tools for their toolbox, and it sounds like, uh, well, We've known Freescale's always had some good solutions, so it's no surprise, but it's always nice to see that you're continuing to move the ball forward and help us all out out here. Yeah, it's a very exciting space with a lot of different um, new products. And the other thing about the wearable space is it's not tr your traditional consumer, you know, large consumer companies. There's many different types of companies that are trying to enter into this market, and so we want to be able to provide them with the tools necessary. So yeah, you can find all the our design resources and examples of applications and videos at freescale.com slash wearables. Excellent. So um, I always let my guests have the last word. So um, you could say a little bit more about uh, the company, the technology, or a tip for the marketplace, but whatever you'd like to leave for our audience, the floor is yours. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, Freescale's been a, you know, a leader in embedded solutions for a while, and within our microcontrollers group, we really have been focusing our design and systems architecting efforts into figuring out what we can do to enable lower power, smaller form factor. A lot of the growth in the industry is around the IoT or the Internet of Things, and wearables really fits under that category very nicely, but offers its own set of unique challenges. So we're excited to be part of that and really developing not just you know, the building blocks, but also the entire foundation, so the technology with the, with the silicon and the software and our ecosystem to help provide other tools and services to complement that. So we're really excited um, with things with our Kinetis portfolio and our i.mx portfolio, and also how our uh, Warp or the wearable reference platform is helping to enable a lot of these cool new gadgets and products you're seeing in the wearable space.
Great, great. Well, you know, when you when you think about it, so much has happened in the wearable space. I remember when when Cybernaut was considered to be the next big thing, and uh, where did they go? But I do believe we're at the cusp now. We truly have the circuit technology, flexible electronic technology, small form factors in the chips and batteries and things, and we're hinting at better transmitted and better harvested energy. So I think we're really on the cusp of an explosion in wearables, and I, I, uh, I'm glad that uh, you've got some solutions to help everybody get there. Great. Thank you. Oh, the pleasure is mine. So I want to say again, thank you so much, Sujata, for taking the time to be with us because, um, well, I want to learn as much about all of this stuff as possible for my audience. Yeah, well, I appreciate you giving us the time to talk about this. This is something that's truly passionate, that I'm truly passionate about. So, Excellent. And I'm glad then we'll, we'll drag you back then to talk about it downstream a little bit when we've seen some more developments. Sounds great. Great. And I'd also like to thank the audience for taking the time to be with us because we wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day. <laughs>